Welcome to the Absite Smackdown Podcast. We'll talk clinical scenarios, interesting Absite facts, and interesting general surgery knowledge. Now, let's get to it. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. It's me, Jess, your host of Absite Smackdown Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. David Kashmir. Hey, Dr. David. Jessica, good to be back with you again. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. So I'm pretty excited today because yesterday... Everyone took the AppSite test. Well, yeah, mostly. Um, across the country, you know, it's actually given at different times over like a two-week interval. So different programs take it at different times. But really one of the earliest dates you can take it is uh, January 28th. So like you said, very recent, but a couple programs may still be left to go. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I thought it was one test date. So you taught me something new today. Yeah, and it's actually really important because the American Board of Surgery looks for irregularities in testing, um, meaning, you know, if someone on the West Coast takes it later than someone on the East Coast and they talk and there's now a disproportionate number of correct answers on the West Coast, that may mean something. So that's why in one of the earliest talks that we do for the Absite Smackdown Review, we talk about how important it is to just play the game straight. You know, don't violate the ethics policy, not that you would anyway, but really just focus on letting it be the test it is for you and what you know and your preparation. Right. Okay, awesome. So I think what we were going to talk about today is you took the app site and you don't feel confident. Now what do we do? Yeah, Jessica, the app site is really an interesting test. Just a couple questions on either side, you know, better than your group or worse than your group, changes your percentile performance a lot, at least usually most years. And so, um, you know, it's very common to finish your ab site or when you get to things like surgical critical care boards, you take the test and you say, oh man, I, I don't know if I passed that even though I studied so hard. So yeah, this is all about what to do if you just took the absite and you just don't feel confident with how you did. I think it's a timely topic, obviously, and it's something good to cover for our surgical resident colleagues out there. The Absite Smackdown Podcast. Visit the Smackdown at absitesmackdown.com. Okay, because obviously there's a difference. You don't just take the absite one time. It's not one and done. You have other shots at it. And so, you know, what would you say is the difference between, you know, your first time to take it, your last time to take it, and, you know, your reaction or how you feel about how you did? Oh, I know what it was for me. My first time, I was pretty, <laughs> pretty much clueless, <laughs> um, but not clueless so much about the content that was on there. I was clueless mm -hmm. about basic things like, hey, uh, make sure your schedule is such that you're not on call the night before, if you can help it. My first time I took it, I was kind of micro-sleeping during the test. Um, you know, I saw it coming, but this call schedule was what it was, and it was made. And, you know, you can try to switch off, but everybody and their brother knows when the website is, and they won't want to switch on. So, um, you know, other people had requested vacation or just done something to make sure they weren't on call, and I wasn't that savvy. I was focused on uh, doing the clinical work that was in front of me as a resident. Um, you know, in our program, you would have charts delegated to you from the upper year residents. And so 
I remember going to medical records one night with literally 200 charts uh, on, and these were paper charts mostly, with, I don't remember how many signatures. It, it, these were like 10, 20 signatures each just for the verbal orders uh, that, you know, you were not necessarily the doctor for. And they would be, um, and dictations, all the discharge summaries to dictate, those were mine. So I got very quick at it. And that was useful. But I'm telling you this because everyone else was much more savvy about system level things than I was. So I kind of ran into that buzzsaw. And I know how it feels to finish the test and be like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if that was my best performance. And, uh, and then correct it. You know, like everything, it's sort of not exactly always where you start. It's where you finish. And so learning from your mistakes is key, uh, just as an attitude in life, I think. But it definitely applied to this. Um, so I remember that feeling, how it was to take the test and then say, oh, man, I, I don't know. And I remember how I responded. Uh, so that's how it is to feel not confident after you've uh, taken the exam. Okay, well, I have several thoughts just from that entire paragraph. One, you know, talking about paper charts and going to medical records, which no one has to fall on that saw anymore because that doesn't even happen. That's not a thing. <laughs> All digital. <laughs> Lucky them. They will never understand that. Or even what it was like to have to check out the x-rays. Like, you know, we could come up, check out the yeah. x-rays for the doctors and have to bring them back. They yeah. won't know what that's like. But you, you know, you said all the stuff leading up to it. But what was your feeling after? Like when you walked away saying, I did not, I don't feel confident. I don't think I get, did well. What did you do? Like, what, what was your plan? <laughs> what did you go through? I was, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, what does it mean if you don't do well? I hadn't really explored that because I'd always been fine with tests and I'd studied for this right. one somewhat, uh, not as much as I'd like to and not as much as I eventually did, but I thought, okay, it would be reasonable. Um, I also okay. want to say something real quick about the medical records. You're right. There are no paper charts. You can't show up at 10 PM to medical records, you know, and have this happen to you. But um, I wonder with the electronic records, if, if residents delegate these things to each other or if they just sign it. I don't know how exactly it works nowadays in different programs. In the three or four I've worked with, I, I know how that worked. But I'm not sure programs across the country, if you know, the interns still get thousands of things in their inbox or whatever. And by the way, I'd, clearly this is a sore spot before I go on. The charts, the day count on the charts would be... Uh, like 50, 60 days, 100 days. So when they would come to you, they would automatically be late. And so you, they never stopped just because it switched doctors. So you would show up with 100 charts all overdue and you just have to stay and power through it with a cup of coffee uh, until like 1 a.m. you'd be doing charts and you know, you're know you not on call or anything. Clearly, I learned a lot from it and maybe haven't gotten over it completely yet. But I'll tell you... Um, as far as how I felt after and what I did from the website, um, I said, okay, I need to plan this better next year. And I also felt like, hey, I need to share this experience eventually with other people to help them avoid the minefield I fell into. Now, some of that is just from having good programs for medical students and having medical students have a surgical rotation that shows them really what it is. They can learn much more and much better than I did for whatever reason, what was coming. Um, they... Uh, probably in other programs, they may not have the same experience. Maybe they know better about the ABS site than I did uh, coming through my program. Odds are, uh, at least I hope so. 
The Absite Smackdown podcast is based on the best-selling review book, Absite Smackdown. The only Absite review with an entire video review course included. Visit AbsiteSmackdown.com and pick it up today. So I had several plans, and one plan was, okay, eventually, long-term, I'm going to share the experience. That's kind of what Absite Smackdown is, okay? Second is, let me do some reading about this and see what other people do. And since the time I was a resident, and uh, you know, since that time, people have done research and talked about things like, hey, taking vacation in the same month of the Absite is associated with a higher score. It's just there's there is there are studies on it now, and we share those you know in Absite Smackdown because I think it's the right thing to do you know in some of our chapters and here on the podcast, <clears throat> you guys have been nice enough to let me share it. In fact, that's why I do all this and take the time. It's just to help people be you know better surgeons or uh, have a better training experience than I did. I think that's important. Not that mine was bad. Don't get me wrong. It trained me to be very good at, uh, you know, certain things um, and especially things like wading through the paperwork in addition to the cognitive and, and technical things you need as a surgeon. So anyhow, one of the things was got to share this long term. Two was let me do some reading about what's associated with a good absite score. There wasn't much out there then. And then third, it's I've got to set things up next year for success. I need to do better than this in my next year, uh, both study-wise, study plan-wise, and um, I need to do better in planning my time around the app site for things like call or the rotation I'm on if I can change that. So that's what I did. The AppSite Smackdown Podcast, bringing you the best for your AppSite review. I think this can be kind of a hard topic because a lot of people don't want to admit to the struggle or feeling like they didn't do good, you know, admitting any type of failure in that field can be frowned upon. And so walking away from this test and just having that negative feeling like I didn't do well and feeling panicked and not being able to talk about it, you know, everyone needs to understand this is not, it's not the last time. There's so much more you can do that you can move forward from this and what you can do and just not feeling alone in that like I don't think people really like to talk about when I don't didn't do well and this you know gives an opportunity well there's an old line that uh, good judgment comes from bad judgment and there's a certain component to experience in all this in addition to training Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think the key is to show that you've improved over time uh, the, one of the challenges is, you know, we know the ab site, if you score less than 35% at any time during residency, you're at a statistically significant increased risk to not pass your uh, qualifying exam, the written exam, on the first try. It doesn't mean you're not smart enough or even you didn't study enough. It's just a statistical marker of risk. But, you know, in one of our other blog entries and podcasts, we talked about the fact that when you do the math, when you take that evidence, and you use the odds ratios from it, you calculate that, in fact, even if that happens to you, you're still more likely to pass your uh, qualifying exam than you are to fail it. You're at an increased risk to fail, don't get me wrong, but you're still more likely to pass on the first try than you are to fail. We did the math with it. You don't hear that part of the story when people um, have this happen to them. You just have their program usually really... uh, focus on some type of plan to make sure 
they do better. And it can be, um, it can really push them toward the anxiety part of that Yerkes Dodson curve that we talked about in the last podcast, that um, performance curve. So bottom line is, uh, yeah, you're right. It's not something people love to talk about. None of us as surgeons do, but a lot of it's an opportunity to, you know, do better and have the next uh, group that comes through training be positioned better than we were when we came through training originally. Right, exactly. And you just have to step back from a mom- for a moment and figure out why do I feel like I didn't do well? Is it because I was on call? Is it because I didn't sleep? Did I not know the material? Did I not study appropriately? You know, there's so many factors to it and figuring out why you don't feel confident, what into, went into that and then being able to correct it. That's really the key in moving forward because you, yeah. you have to move forward. This is just one right. Step. Yeah. And in the moment, you're not sure, you know, you feel like, you know, I, I should be able to handle a night of not sleeping or sleeping minimally before I take the test. You feel like, okay, that's going to be part of surgery. Um, how much of it was that? And if I knew the material better, would I have been able to overcome that? Would I have not done the micro sleep thing or would it not have mattered if I did? I don't, I don't have the answer. You know, I, I don't know if it's, a, you know, when you're in that moment, uh, there's a component of how much is me, how much is the situation you don't have the best perspective on it because you're in the middle of it. So then it can become like an all hands on deck thing where you say, okay, I'm going to study better. I'm going to try to set my schedule better. I'm going to just do it all because I don't know what matters. I don't think that's the wrong approach, but that is a a very common one. Um, And then the program you're in will often put you on a, not exactly remediation, but a study plan to try to make sure you do better in the future. They want the best for you, but that can be tough too, because it, it can basically be time. <clears throat> it can be time with the program director or the assistant program director, and that can just take up more time and not be super high yield. And it can feel pejorative. Not that it it does always, don't get me wrong, um, but that cannot feel great. It can feel like you're you know, doing one-on-one tutoring with your uh, teacher because you're stupid, even if you're not. I mean, clearly these people, colleagues have gone through medical school. So I don't have an easy answer. And I'm not saying every program does it the same for when a resident performs poorly. They don't, but it's easy to see how it can feel that way. And uh, that can make it a really tough situation. I mean, you only know from your experience, not just as a resident, but being a program director, how you handle it. Every person is different. They learn different. They study different. You know, it's just making a plan, realizing, assessing yourself and doing better. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all you can do. You know, it is. And I think um, just to speak with the you know previous program director hat on, remember, we talk about this all the time on here. The absite was originally designed to tell the programs how well they were educating. So if you have a resident who you feel doesn't perform, you got to ask yourself, how much of this is me? You know, some programs don't even let residents be on call the night before the absite. No resident is on call. That's tough to me too, because that sort of is like saying, well, you're not going to be smart enough if you're on call the night before. That's a dangerous precedent in surgery. You know, well, if, you know, if, you, if we're going to make this test, but, you know, when it's really important and you have to take this test, well, there's no call the night before. But a lot of programs do that. I'm not saying it's wrong at all. What I am saying is that was stunning to me when I saw other programs do that Having when I was done my program and started working with other programs. I said, wow, that's that first, that's a great idea for how to 
make sure it's fair for everybody who passes the test. But then I thought, well, what statement does that make about call and whether we really are smart enough after call? And we think we are. Lots of studies showing no difference in performance and outcomes of, of surgeons. So if we're going to stick by that, well, I mean, then shouldn't someone be on call? It did happen to me again during residency, and that time it went differently uh, because of some different things I did. I was prepared for it. Did it make me better? I, I think it did to have that experience the first time. Um, you know, the bottom line is here, it's a, it's a complex issue. Uh, we know as a program director, the absite is a referendum on our program. I know I'm talking a lot. Obviously, I feel strongly about it. I want to add an, another thing. In programs that are small, Jessica, or smaller, where you have three categorical residents, when one doesn't pass or do well, you know, what does that say about your program? That's a 30% poor rate. Or when one doesn't pass their boards, that's a 30% rate of not passing their boards on the first time. It's, you know, you just don't have a big enough sample and just one is a real problem. What does that mean? Is the program not good overall? Does it does it have an issue with its staff? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. But I'm saying for small programs, that can be really tough situation um, when mm. you have a one resident who underperforms compared to what they can do. Tough situation. All right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in with us. And again, this episode was about, so you took the website, you don't feel well, what do you do next? Thanks, and we'll be back soon. Thanks, Dr. David, for being on here. I'm glad you're passionate about it. It's almost, well, always more fun to have you passionate about what we speak on. So thanks for being on. Jessica, appreciate you, you know, having me on as the co-host now regularly. And, uh, you know, I think we're hitting some good topics around the time of the ab site. So look forward to the next one. All right. Thanks, guys. Remember, hashtag AbSite SmackDown. Thanks for listening to the Absite Smackdown podcast. Visit us at absitesmackdown.com for more great Absite facts.